Hello and welcome to Opening the Gates to More Listings for Estate Agents with me, Simon Gates, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Mr. Matt Giggs. Matt, thank you very much for being here. You're welcome. It's nice to be here. Thank you. Now, you're, you're very welcome. You were someone who was high up on my list uh, to, to be on the, uh, the podcast, but it took a while to, to pin you down because you're such a bloody busy man. How, I don't how know about you? that. No, you are. Well, okay, maybe you give the <laughs> perception that you're busy. Um, yeah, but hang on, I've got the wonky picture behind me. That's doing my nut. That, hang on, that's a classic. That's a classic nut there. Sorry, mate. So you're saying you're not that busy, but from the outside looking in, it seems as if you are. So you know, you've got three children, you've got wife, you've got multiple businesses. Yeah. So there's estate agents who'll be listening to this who who'll be thinking how the hell do I fit it all in so do you struggle at times like fitting it all in and, and what are the challenges you face and how do you overcome them my my, my struggle is I, I'm easily distracted really hmm. yeah 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 sometimes I get easily distracted so um, I'm lucky to have business partners who I trust same with the wife and obviously <laughs> I've got a lot of um, good people around me uh, a great MD so I'm I'm in a position where you know I can begin to work on probably something that I've wanted to work on for so many years. Um, so there's another thing that I'm going to be uncovering, uh, which is the coaching and training for agents, but online uh, more so than one-to-one. And, um, you know, it's been a busy, it's been a busy 11 years, but, you know, I like being busy. I like being active. I like feeling like I'm achieving and accomplishing things. And, um, Doing that through just a small group of people around me, it's a pleasure. So I, I still coach some clients one-to-one, but I'm kind of moving away from that now with by design and just one or two other things. And it really is a case of just managing my time sensibly. But this afternoon, I'm going to go and play golf, you know. What's, yeah. what's, what's not too bad, is it? So, and, I'm, and I know you're on that track as well, right? So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've literally had someone WhatsApp me this morning saying, fancy golf this afternoon. Uh, and it's like, yeah, because I'm managing my time. Like it's funny. I I can't. I think I might have said this when when we met recently. But I've got people saying to me, "Oh my God, you're up and down the country. You're so busy working with all these different agents." And then the other half are going, "You're always on the golf course. Are you ever working?" And I'm like, "I've got, I've clearly got a perfect balance because people are saying work hard, playing golf, and, and I've got that. You know, I'm I'm uh, doing lots of work today. Uh, so for the listeners, we're recording this on a Friday morning." I do lots of work today, go play golf this afternoon and I will do some some work this weekend, but I'll also have some nice rest this weekend. I get, yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I've been called semi-retired for a few years and I've had a lot of my friends say, it's nice to see you in the country and all that kind of stuff lately. And But do you know what? I My work never leaves my mind. Um, and maybe I should probably do a little bit more to work on that, but I, I genuinely love doing what I do. So you know, you don't, you can't just put it down and go, that's it. I'll leave it over there. I mean, obviously there's, there's other things that you can focus on, but for me, you, when you've got your own business, you, you know, though you might not physically be somewhere for 10 hours a day and then you clock off, you know, you don't clock off. You, 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 yeah. you if you, if you love what you do, you don't clock off. There's a, just, a, there's always something you want to do to improve. There's always something that you want to feel grateful for or whatever, but it's, um, you, you know, compliments to you, by the way, mate. I mean, my first two or three years in gigs and co were probably um, to a point where I was burning out and I didn't realise how important um, trying to give yourself things that give you energy, you know, exercise, golf, you know, catching up with friends, whatever, taking mini breaks. You know, those things are, it's about filling your cup back up. That's how I see it. So when I'm in, when I'm in the, the activity or I'm in the, the moment doing what I need to do I'm doing it at a higher level rather than consistently flatlining you know and I, I think I've I've definitely come to learn that over the years because I've, def- I've definitely had a couple of times where I'd, I'd burnt out um and it, and I've made sure in the past four or five months you've just said three of it it's like you know making sure spending more time with friends or other half um getting out and exercising you know sunlight golf course helps um, so it's like work hard, yeah. play hard, rest hard. Um, and on uh, one of the things you were saying about never like switching off, this will sound really random, but I know you'll know where I'm coming from with this. I went to watch <laughs> the new Indiana Jones film last night. 
and I didn't uh, even know there was one. That's brilliant. I love the yeah. Har- Harrison Ford's still going at like God knows what he is, seventy something. Oh, wow. Um, it's got to be the last one though. But anyway, um, I think the film started at well, it says eight forty, and I don't know when the last time you like went to cinema with um, this sort of kids was, but. You know, like you go to cinema and you think, ah, oh, it will it will start ten or fifteen minutes after it says because of the adverts. It started thirty five minutes after the actual time. Oh wow! So I was sat there, business head on, going, "This just really isn't acceptable." There's there's <laughs> two there are too many adverts, and my expectations have not been like met. And it yeah. just made me think of, of business. So whether it's an estate agent on a viewing or an appraisal yeah. or me dealing with a client and saying, I'm going to be with you at 10 o'clock. Yeah. I, can't, I can't then turn off at 10.30. Well, I think, I think it's such a good point. I mean, one of the things I always look at is the little things that you can measure in people's performance, which will indicate what their big performances are going to be like. So the smallest of interactions, so it could be a message back. So if you give someone a task or responsibility, how they communicate that thereafter tells you a lot about who they are. And, and, and you're right about lateness. And we can all be late, but how you be late is also impressive or not impressive, neither. Needless to say, this wasn't managing your expectations. But I, I, I'm a great believer in, in communication and great communication. And the film should say you're going to be... Yeah in 30 minutes of adverts so at the end of the day that's just one of those things right so um you'd have turned up later probably had an extra bowl of chips or something in the uh in the in the in the the restaurant beforehand you you know me too well and and, and actually the there was a showing at i think 7 40 and 8 40 and we were like ah we won't make the 7 30 one we bloody would have because if it started at 10 past eight then we wouldn't you know we we wouldn't gone for that one yeah, I've now gone to bed a lot later, which was frustrating. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm just like ranting at, at the cinema. And it costs like right double away. what it used to a decade yeah, ago. Well, what the hell is going yeah. on? Um, but anyway, uh, parking that to one side, you've just said about communication uh, there. Yeah. And we were due to play golf recently. Um, and I was very much looking forward to it, just to make you feel bad now, Matt. Um, but you, I was as well. Yeah, I know. New course but, as well. But lovely. you, but you, you messaged me, and there was no like bullshit around it. You said yeah. I think it was very, very early that morning, and you went, "Mate, really sorry, something's come up. We can't do it. Let's catch up for a coffee." And I said to you when I came to see, you, I really appreciated how honest mm. and you were with that message, going, "This is what's going on," and I was like, "That's absolutely, absolutely fine. You know, it's out of your control, but." I love the saying of it, it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility. So it wasn't yeah, your sure. fault we can play, but you took responsibility and said, Simon, can't do it, but here's what we can do. And I really enjoyed the, the, the coffee we had. We had an hour together and we probably talked more in an hour than we may have done on a course. But for me, prioritisation is a big part of what we should be looking at right now as agents and as business owners. You know, I had uh, someone who handed their notice in that morning and you know, it was an expected situation, but I probably wanted to make sure that how the whole thing was communicated around the team meant that we didn't lose a day of, I suppose, tittle-tattle, I hate to use that word, but, you know, jungle drums, all the bullshit that follows. But I think most of it was pre-managed and managed well on the day and thereafter. And I think there was no disrespect to the person that's um, that chose to do that. It was actually something that would probably been coming for a couple of months. And we were aware of the challenges that person was going through. So it, it was just something that, you know, you have to kind of think about what's really important and working back from there in terms of what am I trying to achieve? And then you've got your order of play thereafter. And though golf with Simon Gates, for me, is up there in the top <laughs> echelons of importance, it just, it just made it, it was really important that I with a couple of people out of the business at the same time, because I had some, we've had holidays and yeah. Gemma broke her leg about I don't How know, a week before that. Yeah, or actually it was maybe only a few days before that, actually, I think. I, I can't remember now, it's been a bit of a blur. But, um, you know, I'd been away here and there. And it ju- I just felt what was the right thing for me to do? And it was to just say, mate, so I, I met you, just said, blur, there you go, that's what's happened, but let's get on with our catch up now, you know, and I think, I think that's quite important. It's respect, right? You know, you, yeah. there's nothing worse than bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. And um, on something you said there about uh, Gemma, so the uh, your MD, how, 
And you mentioned about trusting, like you surround yourself with good people that you can trust. So over the last decade or so, how mm. hard has that been to start with a to let go and trust others when it's when it was your name above the door and it was just you to start with? You'll never get over the fact that it's yours, not theirs. And there's things that you the magic that you sprinkle over it is is part of the honor of having your own business. That's a privilege. It's like leadership. It's a privilege. It's not a, it is a responsibility, but it's not, it's not something that you should ever forget. And he, I always see that you're responsible for the people and, the, and, and you're able to take people with you on a journey, but ultimately then it's their responsibility, whether they want to come on that journey. Yes. So trust, tr- do you know, I, I was going to do a post. I've stopped myself because sometimes some of the posts I do are crap because I end up just sharing stuff that's in my head a little bit without maybe putting more context and perspective on it. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying my hardest to make some of my content a little bit more understanding. But, you know, I, over the years, um, all of the people we've recruited for the right reasons at that moment in time. Mm. And probably where I lost trust in people is because I was trying to change them to be more the way I want them to be. And that's actually really unfair. It's unfair on them. It's unfair on um, me because, you know, if you're trying to take them on a journey just because you've been on that journey and just because it's worked for you, why do they need to do it? It, it was quite, um, it's been quite a lot to get my head around that over recent years. And, you know, I, I'm a people person, so you don't like the thought of anyone not liking you, but you have to come to terms with it. If you're in leadership, people will use you as the reason why, their career hasn't succeeded yeah. or you know and it is one of those things but one of my biggest lessons going back there around trust is it's actually much easier to trust people when your values are aligned so if you've got things that you be, if, if your company is built on some foundations make them the things that are important to you as the owner of the business right that's your prerogative that's your that's your heart and soul it's not a job it's not even a career it's your heart and soul that operates that business so you need to make it really clear what's important from the outset so when people come in there's a process of explanation around what's important when they join and it could be communication what we was just talking about and i have a lot of conversations with people that have exited the business um that aren't with us anymore and people that are still in it right now around the importance of over communicating and why it's important to me and the reason why it's important to me is because I think if you're going to distinguish customer service or experience in one simple, easy to do action, it's to never leave people feeling that they don't know what's happening. So even if it's to book a viewing, you know, over communicate. Just because you haven't got hold of the vendor, don't go fucking quiet. It, yeah. it, that shit irritates me. And, um, you know, for me, you've always got the, 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 the handle of managing expectations is the next thing. So you don't have to, call someone three times if you've said i'm going to be back to you by monday afternoon and then you get back from saturday afternoon you've within that uh managed expectations and you've surpassed them and that yeah. for me is over communicating not going i'll get back to you and then you don't and then just because the vendor hasn't called you back to confirm the viewing it's okay when that customer rings in to say well they haven't they haven't come back to me yet. That's why I haven't called you. You're just a twat. You know, that kind of a state agency is not acceptable. Not acceptable. And if you think it's acceptable, you're in the wrong fucking industry. Because if you put the shoe on the other foot, which is how great estate agents think, they think about the experience from the person that they're, they're serving, not from their own egotistical, yeah. lazy ass self, right? Get off your fucking ass. Make sure people understand what's going on. So as a leader, trust's all about that. It's not about pampering and pandering and all of those pampering and pandering days in COVID where everyone was celebrating how fucking good they were. And, you know, you can have a bit more time off. You can have an extra bonus here. You can do that there. And we're going to treat our teams to this, this and this. Yeah, good on you. What you can sometimes create is if they haven't performed to the expectations, the values and the level that are agreed, what you're doing is you're celebrating and rewarding poor performance. Get yourself out of that shit. Because now you're going to be going back to the same people that you're giving bonuses for and saying, no, I can't do that now because, and actually that loses trust. Yeah. So yeah. for me, it's about 
you've got to be transparent and clear and honest in a respectful and in and, and well-intended manner. If the people on the receiving end don't like that, it's because you haven't managed those expectations from the outset. And that's when trust is lost. And I've held my hands up at the start of this call that I was guilty of that. And I probably occasionally am still guilty of it. I'd be lying, but it's not certainly not intentional. I always want to make sure people feel clear. And my job is to then manage those expectations thereafter. Yeah, very, very powerful. Um, so um, just moving on uh, from what you've just said, but still leaning on all the experience you've got. So you've been an agent for a very long time. Don't look old enough. Um, <laughs> but you, you've got a lot of experience behind you. And I know I've heard you talk um, a lot in the past about the like 0809 market. Now, I've been doing... Mm um as you'd expect lots of research data sort of stuff yeah. oh yeah all, you all, the, <laughs> all the media saying about this is what's going to happen da, 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 da. and you've been there done that got the t-shirt and some yeah. of your best results you say were in that mm. 0809 market so what can you share with the listeners about yeah what you did in that market to, to come okay. out the other side because there's there's a there would have been a lot of nervousness uncertainty negativity at that time which we're, we're now seeing here. People moved in 2008. I think it was like 700,000 700, or something yeah. like transactions. Don't quote me on that, those statistics no, right. out there. Roughly, you roughly know. that, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, the year before that, there was nearly double. So yeah. I think when, when you compare that, you're in a similar climate now, where by maybe 2021 and uh, 2023, 24, it's probably going to look as drastic. So there's a smaller pie. Um, for agents there's probably way more agents than there's ever been um there'll be way less agents in the next two years as well um that's just you know that unfortunately that's just the way it is but if you want to be one of the ones that thrives at the moment you need to do these things the first thing is is stop emailing and texting people stop it you're fucking idiots seriously if you think that's going to explain and educate what's going on right now in the market and you think giving feedback via email or a WhatsApp or a text is going to make you stand out, you're a fool. Conversions happen in conversation. Okay, so if you're going to convert the strategy change that they need to make, you're going to convert the feedback into making them understand what they need to do as the seller to make their house present better, um, smell nicer, whatever you want to call it. You're not going to do that in a message or an email. You need to have conversations. So if you're going to convert um, valuations at 75% because you've got less valuations, then what are you going to do? You've got to have conversations that are going to pre and, and pre-manage the meeting. So instead of just going, I'm going to confirm a two o'clock appointment at your house, Mr. Gates, say, look, there's going to be a structure that we follow. We're going to go through these things. And you're going to be able to ask me any questions at any time, but you don't need to do any research. I've got it all covered. Right. Brilliant. I'm in control. Now, after that, it might not come to the market. But what you've got to explain to people is what delaying moving forward is going to do to their value right now. Okay. so if you're an agent, you're going, oh, okay, we're moving three months. That's fine. Let's go and look at the next three months, shall we, together, because I think it's really important that you understand what your choices are. So in the next three months, with interest rates probably looking to rise maybe again and mortgage rates may follow still what do you think is going to happen to the price of your house and they'll say well you know maybe it'll go down a bit okay so what you're looking to actually decide is whether you want to go on for the best price today or a lower price in three months is that right yeah and then you let them decide so you know, all this bullshit on fees. Fees is just a belief issue. It's a worth issue. If you think you're not worth it, you won't charge it. If you think you're worth it, you'll charge it and more. I honestly believe at the moment, this is this is what I would consider to be the best market for real estate agents. Yeah. We've just had a market where real estate agents have probably been a bit frustrated because I've got a daughter. She's 12 and a half. She's, in fact, she's nearly 13. And she could have sold seven or eight houses a month in 2021. Jess, come to work with daddy today. Can you open these doors? And when you're in there, on the way out, hand them this bit of paper and just ask them to put their highest and final offer. 
Jess will be like, man, I've sold three houses or four houses. So now she didn't. How you sell houses, and I wrote this down yesterday. I thought you might like this, but here's what the best agents um, do today. They just don't. They don't only get shit done, right? And I'm telling you now, none of this flaky agent crap. You know, um, willy nilly uh, bullshit. Kind of telling people what they want to hear. See you later, mate. Honestly, you're you're not going to survive. You'll be a year down the road. Customers will be chasing you back, going, "What the hell are you telling me? You've 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 misunderstood. You've mismanaged my expectations." Great agents at the moment will be going to see their customers yeah. in their lounges. Yeah. They will be talking to more people every day, but they will be having not this mentality going, "Well, I'll make fifty or hundred phone calls." No, no, no. Book in your calls. Do a Zoom. If you can't get to see them, fucking talk to them, educate them, give them the information that they don't know. So in 2008, what I said to my team, which made us the best area in the whole countrywide group, and in the subsidiary that we were in, we smashed it out of the park compared to the rest of the regions. Not that I was proud of that. Was your customers have to be in your office looking at what you see and hear every day. It's your job to communicate that to them. If they can't see and feel and hear it and they don't know what their next choices are, you are not a great estate agent. Yeah. If you do that, you're not only going to accelerate further down the line, you're going to look back at this market and you're going to feel really proud about what you've achieved. So there's been four, I would say, maybe five turning points in my career where I would say I've accelerated. One was in 2008, 2009. The other one was when I started gigs at I was like a man possessed. The other one, the significant one for me was COVID. When COVID began, um, we got over 50% market share in around three or four weeks. Um, dipping my toe back in the business, I had a small team. We furloughed some guys, spoke to them every week, just for any furlough haters out there. And the we had them on a call and we would talk about what we're going to do today. And it wasn't about selling. It was all about giving value, helping, informing, educating. People don't prospect because they think that they're trying to falsely manipulate people into things that they don't want. Who would want to do that, right? And if you're a clown that thinks that's a really good idea and you're all focused on what you're going to get out of it, then you're just shit out as well. You shouldn't be in a state agency. A state agency should be the tr most trusted profession in the country. Hmm. Why? We're handling the most valuable asset for people. So why aren't we? Why aren't we? Because too many agents are going out to win a listing instead of educate the market. Yeah. Now, if you go out and educate the market, you can use stories, which I believe in. You can use your information, Simon, which I also believe in, because some customers will connect more with that. Some customers will connect more with the stories. But ultimately, how many customers really want to change their price by 10% in the next six weeks? Well, so what if I rang you in six weeks, Mr. Gates, and said, look, it's time for you to change your price by 10%. Which is what the average estate agents change in their values at at the moment. They'll go, oh, that's not right. Is it? No. So, would you rather me say now what you need to do, or in six weeks, and then we've lost your what I'd consider to be the critical period of sale, or let's get that six weeks down the line, test your curiosity, and and then maybe do what we just said. So, for me, it's about confidence. People hire confidence, yeah, not desperation. Yeah. They don't hire agents that are looking to. Within a second of asking about their fee, they do the butt fee, you yeah. know, <laughs> I'm one and a half percent, but, you know, no, I'm one and a half percent. It should be more than that because I give more value. I give double the value. Um, I average uh, this, I average that, whatever. But look, what do you need, Mr. Customer? You know, and I think I went out my first valuation the other day and, um, you know, I, I don't do many a year, probably three, maybe four. Um it, and it gets you out of your comfort zone because you think, well, the pressure's on. I had a guy that was looking at a buy design license and I said, come with me, you know, come with me. And anyway, the couple are coming back in next week. So fingers crossed they sign, sign at the full, full fees, but at the right price. And, you know, the guy said, well, so I said, what's important to you? Oh, fee, fees are really important. So brilliant. I'm glad you said that. Now, the reason I'm glad you said that is because you really want the most value out of your asset. Is that right? Yes. Good. Okay. Because that's what we're here to do. 
how are you seeing the market at the moment? Oh, the market's not great. Okay, well, why is it not great? Oh, I'm seeing houses come down in price. What do you think the average house price reduction is at the moment? Oh, I don't know. It's probably around, it was like 5 or 6%. I said, yeah, you'd be surprised. It's actually probably a little bit more, but let's just use 5% for, for these purposes. Your house is 700,000, 5% of that. And all of a sudden, fees disappeared, right? Yeah. Fees disappeared. And then when you add in what you negotiate on average and all of those other wonderful statistics and how we're going to find your buyer rather than hope right move finds your buyer. So it's it for me, agents, if you're not feeling when you're listening to this, like rock solid confident nines and tens, you need to go into a room and practice. Because if you practice on the public, your conversion rate will be 30, 40 percent you won't you'll be lucky to get 50 percent at the moment because you've got the desperate desperados are out there in full force at the moment half a percent i mean half of, i mean half a percent why would you give someone half a percent or to un, to under and missell your house why you don't even give them it right you only give them it at the end so what you're going to do is go i'm here here's my all of my equity let me give it to you who can't sell anything or negotiate let me give all of my house equity to you in a market where the equity is reducing. I'm yeah. going to give it to someone who's halved what they think they're worth. Wow. So if you can't articulate that in a really professional way, and this isn't obviously what I'm talking about. This isn't how I would necessarily present to a customer. You know, I'm doing it for agents. This is for agents. Right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm speaking fairly candidly. Then you need to get better. It's not the competition that matters in those four walls. It's your confidence. That's what matters in the four walls. Yeah. There's there's so so much to unpack there. I mean, we could just end the podcast there, really. And and <laughs> I'd say to agents, just listen to to what Matt had, had said there for, for the last uh, sort of five minutes or so. But um and I've just done it. I've used the word but, and that's like not in the context you just said. But yeah. <laughs> but and I'm saying it again. You're you're so right about using that word, and how many times have I done that over the years? And there will be agents listening who are the same. But mm. <laughs> change it than... to and and I'm one one and a half percent and our focus is all about your goal being there. Yeah. How does that sound? Now, you know, for me, it's if you're going out there to present to someone and I had this on a call the other day, the guy was like, you know, how do you manage and change? And all of my guys are trying all sorts of things to win the listing. I'm like, well, fucking don't go out to win the listing. You prick, you know, sorry. I'm I, you sat in, you, no wonder people don't want to look. You know, I'm guessing if I was on the receiving end of, of an estate agent shows up trying all sorts of second guess tactics, yeah. ungenuine, probably trying to build a rapport, not a relationship. You're trying to what? Sell to me? Go away. Leave the house. I don't want you here. I want a professional. Professionals are knowledgeable. They go in with confidence. They have a plan. They have a strategy. They give you choices because your time frames may be different than the next client. Don't go in there wasting people's time, talking bullshit. So you've got to make sure if you're an agent today and you want to know what to do in this market, Understand first that you can capitalize in this market. You yeah. can be the agent that absolutely sees home more customers than the next agent. Or you can be somebody else that sits in the office waiting for roast up to fly in now. I love I love what you said there about cap capitalize on this market. I think so so many agents are quick to go, oh my God, look at the base rate's gone up again, this, that, the other. And However, what can we do about that? yeah exactly control inside the four walls and like yeah, capitalize on it and I, I i love what you said about again people hire confidence not desperation i i, I wrote that down ryan serhant yeah. ryan serhant said that yeah. and, it, um, and, it, and it's just struck a chord with me massively Definitely. so I've, I've written that down in, in big bold writing on, on my book and then you mentioned conversion uh and you said about uh stories and then data and like you said you could go out to see one person and it's very much yeah. there one side of the brain story 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 other side of the brain data and when i uh originally met you and it was probably this time five years ago and you clearly <laughs> saw that in me it wasn't <laughs> i mean it's pretty I obvious have, but... i would have i would have hired you on the spot but you came to me working for another agent and you were investing in your own personal development the organization wasn't i mean talk about sorry i'm not digging out the organization but talk about a great person to have in front of you and i've only seen one other person do that over 
God knows how many years. So, you know, sorry, mate. You, you're you, that's why you're doing what you're doing now. Thank you. Um, and from meeting you there, what was the biggest thing that changed for me? I'm going to say there were two things. One, the realization of there is a time for stories, there is a time for data. They might, yeah. they might, uh, like intertwine. The the big thing for me was. I think just putting it down on a scrap piece of paper and you going, Simon, it perhaps feels like you want or need more market appraisals, but actually just convert more of what you've got. And and that was the, the, the sole thing that changed from me meeting you was my conversion rate went up. And what did that mean? Actually, revenue went up, profit went up. Well, do you up. remember what it tell tell the listeners, what did it go up from to? And in what in what period of time? If you can remember. Uh I honestly can't remember exactly but it it was within less than a year but it would have been uh from high 30s to low 40s let's say yeah. is is what it would have changed by and that would have meant uh i i'm going to say an extra it probably meant an extra house sale a month which might not sound like a month but act, uh, might might not sound like a month completion. An, extra, an extra completion a month 12 yeah. And if you have, um, I mean, obviously fees will vary around the country, but let's say average fee is five grand. That's an extra £60,000 on your bottom line. That's all bottom line. So conversions are all bottom line wins. So if you're looking at, I've, I've coached someone recently and they're, they're in the same office, six yards, eight yards apart. You've got one person going out showing 12 different buyers um, houses to sell one house. And then on the four or five, um, you know what's the difference well they've both got two arms two legs two ears you know they're going out there and they're doing a different job in the field now one's doing it brilliantly and one's probably not as confident right so one's watching the cues and the, and they're listening to the cues and they're thinking about you know how can I help this person see that this is a good property because I'm hearing this a lot as well our oh, buyers aren't making decisions <laughs> no it's because you're not educating them to the right decision they should be going no. Yeah, you're going to get more no's, right? <laughs> it, that's just natural. You, you, you know, even when you're ringing, people were ringing in endlessly to book houses at the weekend. You could only sell it to one buyer. So if you had twenty viewings, which I mean, some of that stuff that I heard back in the market was showing twenty people a house. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, you really don't understand how to value your time or the vendor's time because you should have the best five buyers competing not 20 people showing up. And then you've got to tell 19 people that they can't get the house. That's just ridiculous. But flip back, it's it's all about skills and skills are coming from a belief. And if your belief, if you know your value and you hold your commission and your value close to you because you actually genuinely believe, that's the problem. I've sat in front of agents and they've gone, I want to charge one and a half percent or I charge one and a half percent. And then when we look at the figures, they're actually averaging one, just a fraction under one percent. You're like, well, how come you're like telling me it's this and it's here? Well, because then they start telling me about the other agents. I'm like, forget them. <laughs> you know, tell me what do you do that makes you valued at that level? And guess what? Guess what? What? They don't know. Yeah. So if you're going out there and you don't know why you're double or treble or half or quadruple, whatever, and you can't demonstrate that, then you're knackered. So Listen to the next Property Porn Stars podcast. Simon Hawksley's on now. He's two and a half percent. I mean, you know, he has a limited number of clients that he works with and it's deliberate. I mean, he offered some really good insights. And then we've got Ian Story on there. And yeah. Ian Story, for me, is one of the guys that is just, you know, it's not up and coming. He's now there. You know, he's done a great job. And, um, you know, they know their worth. That's the difference in those guys. They They back themselves. They know what their value is. And, if you've got listers who go out there to list houses today, you're in trouble, right? Because they'll charge whatever they can to win the instruction. And it's not about winning instructions. Why do you want a backlog of um, vendors with expectations which are higher than what's realistic? Have them next. <laughs> have them next. Just make sure you have a great relationship with them. Have them next. Let the idiot down the road try and do that. We've... Um, in the last year, we've said we don't want to be the market leaders. 
We just want to increase our fees and improve our service and get better results. And if that means working with half the clients in the next year, two years, three years, and we get twice the rewards and we deliver twice the experience, we know at some point in two, three, four, five years down the road that we'll not only be at a higher market share again, we'll be with a better reputation will be with an even better experience. And, you know, it's quite a lot to say that, but Damien's helped me to realise, when one of my partners at Kicks McGrath, that actually head down, focus on the things that really matter. Let's do those things. And regardless of what the market looks like, we don't want to be in the bun fight in the local Facebook groups. We don't want to be um, desperados. You know, um, you can't work with everyone. You can't please everyone. You know, if you're a leader of a country, you've got to accept the first thing is you will not please the majority. You might please 51%. So, you know, (laughs) I'd rather work harder, better, smarter, give way more value to less people that we feel are more aligned with the way in which we're going to work with them. And they'll get the better results. They'll get the benefits. They'll be the hero. And for us, that's how we're going to move forward. Yeah. Do, do you know in, in everything you've just said there, which which is brilliant, and the the one key, the one key thing that I just want to uh, think on, without going down a political rabbit hole, it's irrelevant of what colour ribbon someone has on on their on their lapel. Yeah. But you actually, you think if you are prime minister or you're the the government in in power, you have got to face facts that the majority of the country do not like you. You've, you've been elected because apparently you've set a vision. I don't think they do this very well. And that's why I think um, people don't trust politicians, because they don't communicate the vision. And then they don't communicate enough how they're doing in line with the manifesto or the things that they've promised. So, you know, I think politicians should be held accountable. I think leaders should. And I think agents should. I think we all should. Accountability can be really healthy because it helps you to do the things on the days. It helps you do the things that you need to do on the days that you don't want to. And I think for me, that's what healthy coaching and accountability does. Now, it's a lot easier to do the things you want to do as opposed to doing the things that you don't want to do as an estate agent. The trouble is today, guys, is you've got to do the things that you don't want to do today and get better at it. Embrace those difficult conversations. Eat the frog maybe 10 frogs every day. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's what you've got to be doing. But going back to the political problem is that they don't communicate vision, a regular vision enough. So, you know, I've been elected for four years. This is where we're heading. This is why you've elected us. My job is to keep talking about that all the time. Forget all of the other stuff that's going on because that's not part of the priorities that we set out, you know, and you'll have um, answers from the different members of the government or the team that will be able to answer those questions. My job is to make sure that we achieve this vision. And in four years, if we haven't got there, please feel free to vote for the opposition who equally just talk about what we're not doing all the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so on on something I just want to uh, cover off quickly, but you'd said earlier about the delaying of decisions. Um, mm. And I've definitely heard you. How much does that cost? So I'm actually going to tell you, Matt, for for me personally. So um, I bought my very first home in 2016. uh, And I'll openly say I paid £235,000 for that house. Now, two years prior to that, I could buy a property. I had a deposit. I'd saved it. I could buy. But there are people around me going, oh, market. Oh, yeah. So that same house, the lady bought it in 2014 for £185,000. So it cost me £50,000 to buy that house. Now, if I hadn't have bought that house then, let's say I'm still Mm. in rented now, the amount that that property has gone up, um, the equity that I would have built up, the amount of money that I would have paid in rent, I reckon Mm. if I'd not bought that house, it would have cost me by now, 200 250,000 pounds by not buying that property and if you look at where we are now rates are now mm. a lot higher than they were back then <laughs> wages haven't yeah. kept up with uh property prices no it, it, if i delayed that decision but the, the key thing for me was 
there's so many people out there who keep delaying Brexit, did it, absolutely. All, all things, but I've gone. You know, it's going to cost me fifty grand more, but I need to do it now because what if it costs me another fifty? Yeah, and and at the beginning of COVID, I t- told you about those those really great weeks and months. Every you know, everyone was experiencing challenges at the time. One of the biggest challenges was buyers saying, "Well." <laughs> apparently house prices are going to come down by 10 percent, and then you know none of us really knew the answers what we did know not, is that yeah. the um we did know that the government were going to help people out we also knew that um the economy was in a good shape and all the other things that um you know high un- high high employment not unemployment so there was lots of good things that were holding up uh, the economy anyway they ended up going up considerably over the period of time so if you look at the value that people lost because they listen to parents friends you know <laughs> the people that actually don't make decisions in those markets i mean i always look back now i had 90 percent of the people thought i was crazy going into my first business i can literally recall one or two people who were like yeah you got to do that man you should do it uh, i nearly left the industry let alone start my own estate agency. So a year before I started gigs, I was debating whether I needed to leave the industry. And it, it wasn't the industry. It was just the, where I was at the time. I just wasn't really happy. And that's nothing to do with anybody else. I mean, I probably had a little bit more of a, a beef around that at the time. But actually, it was no one's fault. It was just my time had run out where I was. Yeah. And, you know, People need to be buying today if they're staying for a period of time, medium, long term. You should be buying today, in my opinion. Now, why? Because even if we measure 10 years, you'll see your value have gone up by X. Now, in the nicest possible way, what creates a decline in value will mean that there's going to be a surge of demand. So it's... one lever might come down the other one then goes up right so you know you might be paying less for your borrowing but you're going to borrow more so you've just got to weigh these things up and I think people need to how many agents are actually saying to clients well let me talk let's talk through what you need how many how many are doing that or they just going oh okay no worries you know so we need to be better Matt does St Neots come under the local authority of East Cambridgeshire or is it no. something different? What was it come under? God, why are you asking me that? Um, Sorry, it's I'm... Cambridgeshire. No, I'm only joking. It's Cambridgeshire. I wouldn't know if it's East Cambridgeshire. Why don't I? Hunt, Huntington is it, is District it Cambridge? Council. It's Huntingdon District. Oh, Council. so it's Huntington. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So there we go. Right. We're so Cambridgeshire. I'm... But yeah. Cool. Yeah. So Huntingdonshire, right? So mm. uh, quick, uh, quick thing for you. So in the last decade, Huntingdonshire as a local authority is in the top. 22.5% for property price growth, and it's gone up 85% in the last decade, which is the equivalent of about 147 grand. So, am I able to transcribe this, uh, this I'm gonna, podcast? I'm going to share the recording with you, and I'll share that data with you. That's fine. But, but how, how no, powerful that's is that? So, because... But that is so powerful. And it's funny, uh, one of the things that I we use as a... An, this is to help people make decisions. This isn't to make them buy something they don't need. Exactly. So does the property meet their needs? Yes. Their doubts are on maybe value. Okay. So how long are you looking to live there for? Now, not many buyers that we want to work with are looking to buy and flip. Okay. So your average is probably eight to 10 years. It's probably beyond that for most buyers and sellers. So the nicest thing is to be able to lock down the conversation with can I share with you some statistics around the last 10 years of values in this area? And then you present that and say, okay, so in 10 years time, if the property has gone up by 85%, will you be worried about the extra 10,000 that you have to pay today? Absolutely. Yeah. Gold. We've got gold coming out of our ears, Simon Gates. Um, We should do an event. (laughs) So, uh, that 100, uh, I'm just geeking out now, and we will come off the subject in a second as we end the podcast, but uh, that's basically 1,200 quid a month over the last decade is how much property prices have grown in Huntingdonshire. Um, and if I was to get really clever it's with gonna, it, and, it's, 40, and, and we know that's £40 a day. Without the, so you've got the stats, which are powerful in itself. And then okay? you're saying the Really stories. powerful. 
and then you've got the stories. So I think for me, like that, one of the stories, you know, your local infrastructure. So, and we've got some major road links being improved to Cambridge. So what's that going to do? You know, so I think for us, it's as a state agent, you need to know that stuff. You need to be well armed. You need to be well oiled in terms of the way you discuss the market. You need to talk about the landscape. You need to be real with people, but also optimistic. You know, I said to my team, you need to be realistically optimistic at the minute. And that's nothing wrong with that tone. You know, don't make promises you can't keep. Make sure you've got a plan which we can control. And let's move forward with the customers hand in hand. Let's make sure that we're going forward together to meet their goals. So I think ultimately, you know, a state agency is made really difficult when you start to consider the external factors. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Realistically optimistic. Um, I think, yeah, that's exactly what people need to be in. Right. So um, end of podcast. Um, yeah. Uh, last sort of question. Um, have you listened to Stephen Bartlett and the Diary of a CEO? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Number of times. I went to okay. see him, actually. Yeah. So I'm going to see him and Simon Sinek next week. Oh, you lucky bugger. That'd be um, good. So, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to that. Now, what I have done, having been an avid listener of his podcast for, since he, he launched it, is I've gone online and bought his Diver CEO conversation. Ah, the car. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're ahead of the game, man. Uh, these are things that I... I Gemma was on a call trying to get tickets to that, and... Uh, you, we didn't get any anyway. They they re they re release them, so you there are tickets okay. available. Um, if you want to get a last minute one, so as you know, these questions basically Stephen's guests write them down. Yeah, for the next Stephen guest. to ask for next guest, and they don't yeah. know who the next guest is going to be. Stephen doesn't know what the question is going to be. I'm literally flipping this out at random. Okay, um, go for it. And I've done this with a uh, couple of other people, um, and it, it's gone down quite well. Those episodes hadn't been released yet um so let's see how we go so this question uh i have to you have to read the bloody writing as well because it's in their writing uh oh this is absolute gold for you right if you could go back in time and change actually before i say the question uh i'm going to say the answer is not support west ham um if you could go back in time and change one specific moment in your life what would that be and why oh so you have Probably to tell my brother I loved him. Oh. And that, I should, that's the first thing that's came to my mind. So last time I spoke to him, it wasn't a great conversation. It was a brotherly argument. So that's just the one thing. But I don't hold it. Um, it doesn't hold me back anymore. It probably did. But it doesn't hold me back anymore. But if I could go back and just say that, he knew that anyway. I mean, I still yeah. speak to him now, if that makes sense. But that would be that. But from a business perspective... It would be to really consider how important my values are earlier in the process. And then it would be less offensive to people that joined. Um, not that I was offensive. I've always had good intentions. But, you know, the things that mattered to me, when I started to put them second or third and then put other people's values at the front of our business, which I didn't believe in, it, it stressed the shit out of me that makes sense mm-hmm. it's not their fault it's bad leadership so you know back going back as a leader that was the thing that i would go back now and if i was going to start a business again i probably just i would refuse to make that mistake if it, if i'm taking the if it's my it's my soul and my heart it needs to be my values and the things that matter to me and as we build it and as you transition you know the values of my directors are more important in the businesses that they lead. If that makes sense. Yeah, brilliant. Um, just uh, on the bit you'd said about your your brother, um, that's, mm. that's why I love like asking these questions and and interviewing people like you. And and you said earlier about how how sort of candid you are. Um, for the listeners who aren't uh, aware, am I right in saying you you lost your brother at an early age from meningitis? Yeah, that yeah, that's it. Yeah, he died at twenty one. It happened very quickly, um, which I suppose is a blessing. Um, you know. He uh, he borrowed my jacket. He was at Portsmouth University, and I'd bought a new jacket. It was a uh, it was a Daniel Paul jacket, which for any ravers out there, they'll probably remember that. But <laughs> he 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 took it down to Portsmouth, and couldn't believe it. So we both done some work hod carrying at the time. This is I, I, I was playing football one minute as a career, and the next minute I'm 
on hod carrying to earn some cash in very early January. And um, it was in the snow. So I'd done my week. I thought, right, I've done my week. And then Andy's got to go and do his week. Well, I called him a university bum and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, because he took my jacket, I was like, you bastard. You know, it was a bit, bit of, it passed him over to mum. That was the last time I spoke to him. But I'm a great believer in uh, certain things, not to go into too much detail now. And, I, and I'm, I'm well aware that that moment in time was just a moment in time that we we had a connection and we will always have that connection. And it, sometimes perhaps as a human being, I've probably learned in recent years, perhaps a, a little bit longer, um, when I see good in people, tell them, uh. you know, be be deliberately informative be deliberate at sharing good things with people you know if if, if you know I, I had someone say to me the other day they were really impressed with a member of their team they had this feedback that feedback and my first question is have you told them and they said no I said I fucking hate to work for you you know we're always quick to pick up what people don't do because we want to get the learning yeah. what about what they do really well because success leaves clues you know yeah. so don't don't ignore what people do well I think that's also a trait of bad leadership and I've been there before as well so you know I've worn a lot of t-shirts on my journey of 28 years and I think one of the things I've learned a lot about myself is that um there's probably no better critic of me than me Mm. and actually if I want to improve I've also got to balance that constructively with telling myself what I'm really good at and that's really actually kind of nice segue onto the fact that i'm going to go and go for it training coaching agents online um i've dabbled dip my toe in from so many years um because i've had other projects that have probably just took a little bit more of my time um and what's weird is since i've said i'm not doing any one-to-ones i've had like five really great people talk to me on calls and i'm like oh my god this will be a dream one-to-one client but i know why i'm doing this yeah um and i think hopefully i won't be everyone's cup of tea but if i'm someone's glass of whiskey uh-huh. happy days and you might want to join or subscribe or something to some of the content going yeah forward. well j- just uh to, to sort of finally um sort of end the end the podcast um you know I, I just want to publicly say thank you once again to you because you've been a massive motivation to me in my career and i genuinely sat here today recording this podcast with you without having initially taken that step and in investing in myself. So I owe a lot to you and Helen Rumble for pointing you out to me. Oh, I love um, But uh, for the listeners, um, go and check out um, Property Porn Stars that Matt's uh, been doing with uh, David Lindley. A great episode with Daniel Daggers. Check out Matt's Facebook group, Personal Power Group. Go follow him on Instagram because he's always got stories up with, with motivational stuff. Um, don't you know follow his choice of football team necessarily. Um, but yeah, please do reach out to Matt after the podcast. Uh, make sure yeah. you're liking, subscribing, following, reviewing this. And yeah, reach out to Matt. Um, but Matt, once again, thank you so much for, for being uh, an amazing guest. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.